return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confessed. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the Scriptures goes that we shared last week from Genesis 16... We talked about the power of a godly routine. And in Genesis 16, the last verse, uh, and then the first verse, so we have 16, 16, and then we have 17, 1. So the last verse of 16 says Abram was 86 years old when he bore Ishmael. They got tired of waiting for the promise and had Ishmael. You don't want to get tired of waiting. And the only way you're not going to get tired of waiting by continually encouraging yourself, as we learned in Romans chapter 4, he had a routine. He encouraged himself then. And from that time on, from that verse to the next verse, now Abram is 99 years old. So there is a span of 13 years where he saw nothing. All right? Saw nothing. 13 years of just normal, ordinary days. But we must understand that according to God's word and his promise, now the Holy Spirit is like a river. Rivers don't stop. He's, God's not stopping. The river's flowing. All right? Amen? And so the river, as the river's flowing, something is always happening. Now, your eyes, my eyes, we get betrayed by our five senses. What I see, what I hear, what I smell, or what I taste, or what I touch. Those five senses can betray me, and God gave them to us. They're wonderful to have. Don't get me wrong. Wonderful to have. Love food. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, but we're not led by our five senses. We're led by the Holy Spirit and His Word, the Word of God. Amen? So what happens is, if we don't see it, then we think it's not happening. If we don't see something with our eyes, we just think, God's, God's not moving. Anybody ever been there before? Well, I, I've been there many times, all right? So if I don't see it, you know, you pray, you believe, you stand, you pray how long. Well, I, I stood for a week, now I stood for a month, I stood for a year. And then you can be tempted to think it's not his will. Right. Now, we always have to remember his word is his will. That's why it's important to know the Bible. Because we know Bible promises, then we know, no, it's his will to take care of us, all right? Healing is his will. Always going to pray for healing. Remember, don't base your doctrine on your experiences. Amen? Raise, raise those experiences to the doctrine of the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Just because someone dies doesn't mean it wasn't that, it, that God didn't want him healed. 
You know, people say, well, God took them. No, he'll receive them, but he didn't take them. God's not in the business of killing people. If they die as a Christian, well, he'll receive them. They'll go to heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? But he's not in the business of killing people. You always have to understand that it is his will to heal. That is a rock-solid foundation in the Bible. You don't see anything. Look in the New Testament. New covenant that we're under. You don't see anything contrary to that. Therefore, you stand on that. If I die, I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. Have a celebration. Amen. But in the meantime, you're believing for healing. That's the, those are things in the word of God. So even though you don't see something, doesn't mean it's not true. If the world's reframed by the word of God, see, just the spoken word, boom, God created the universe. And all that we see, as far as good, all right, he spoke it into existence. The Bible says, like, the Holy Spirit's like the wind. Well, you don't see the wind blowing, but you see the effects of the wind. We had, we've had two derechos in South Dakota. So you, don't, you didn't see the wind, but you could see the effects of the wind. We could see the first one just rolling, you know, rolling, the dust and dirt and just rolling in. You can see the effects of it. But the Holy Spirit is always good, so the wind is going to blow, and it's moving. Air is moving. The Holy Spirit is moving. While you're sitting here, God is moving in your life. While you're sitting here, prayers that you've prayed, God is involved in those prayers that you've prayed. Our part is to believe. Our part is not to give up. Our part is not to cancel or negate what we just prayed and believe. Amen. Amen. So you don't want to come to a place after a period of time to say, well, it's not working, never going to happen. That's like aborting your prayers. Your words are powerful. Turn to your neighbor and say, your words are powerful. What you speak is powerful, all right? Your words create an atmosphere around you. So Abram, you know, he's a businessman. He's got, he's got employees. He's very, very wealthy. He's got a company. He's running business all the time and so forth. His wife and all that. So he's still maintaining his life. I would guess the conversation around the dinner table was pretty good, you know, and yet, they had not seen any promises. And yet, they could look in the mirror like, we're getting older, <laughs> you know. So, he's, he's, he's 99 years old, all right? And, and uh, you think, think on his 98th birthday, happy birthday to you, you know. <laughs> and, and he's still, still believing, though. He's a man of faith. So, we think of him as a father of faith. Now, most of us would never want to be in his shoes, though. We never want to be in his shoes. We say the father of many nations and he has one child. He didn't have 16 wives and 240 children. No. He had one wife and one child by that wife. One child by his one wife. And that child was the heir. All right? The seed, the heir passed on for Israel. So in the natural, if you looked in the natural, Abraham's day, you know, obituary say. Well, he was really a successful man and so forth. He always talked about being a father. Well, if I had one, hallelujah, and that's it. Surviving relatives, you know, one survivor. So it didn't look impressive in the natural. So there's things in our life that who knows, who knows what God is, because we don't know when he's coming. But let's just say if he doesn't come real soon, there's things in our life. You're laying a foundation for somebody else. 
You're laying the foundations for your children. Or maybe somebody else, a Christian, or somebody else that you know, or maybe you've witnessed to somebody else, and they don't get saved until after you die. So you may not see it in this life, but heaven keeps the books. So we have to see, when you, when you look at this, and you realize Abraham's a man of faith, you understand he's a man of hope. He's living by hope all the time. He's optimistic. If you're not optimistic, you become pessimistic. Well, then, he, then you're probably mistreating your employees. You're doing different things. You know, get out there and work. I'm tired of this job. You know, you're, all these things, pretty soon life is negative. Abram's not that way. So he's a man of faith. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 says we walk by faith, not by our five senses, right? So, so when we talk about godly routines, you have routines in your life that do what? That keep you in faith. That keep feeding your spirit man. Now, we eat, the na- eat natural food for our natural man. You have to have spiritual food for your spiritual man. That spiritual food is the Word of God. It's not a magazine. It's not some other book. It's not even a Christian book. The, the, the food that you eat is the Word of God. That's what your spirit craves. Your spirit comes alive when you nurture it. Amen? The more you feast in the Word, the more alive and alert you become to the things of the kingdom of God. So you have to feed your spiritual man. Amen? And as you feed your spiritual man, faith grows. We have these muscles. You know, you all have a bicep, right? And you can take a little child and the little, you could take a baby, a brand new baby, and that baby already has a bicep, already has muscles, already has deltoid muscles and all the things that, that you and I have, but yet is weak. The muscles have not been developed. When you're born again, you're born again, you have faith. It takes faith to be born again. You believe in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. It gives you a measure of faith. Now you develop that faith. You take what's been given to you, and you can't say, well, I'm not Billy Graham, or I'm not so-and-so. No, no. You are who you are, though, and he's given you a measure just like he gave them. It's not any different. So daily, I understand, if I want to be healthy physically, I do physical things, but I want to be healthy spiritually, I do spiritual things. So daily, I get into the spiritual gym to minister to my faith muscles, to get stronger. And, of course, when do you want to do that? Well, you always want to do that before uh, you're in some big battle or something, right? When do they train in sports? Well, way before a game starts. They're training. They're getting ready. And then when the day of the contest comes, they're ready to go. It's the same thing spiritually. So we train our spirit. We nurture our spirit. We build our faith. Now, none of this sounds exciting. See, you're not going to pack conferences. People say, let's talk about nurturing your spirit. Oh, I'd rather be signs and wonders and miracles and so forth. Abram's life was not exciting until the last year. (laughs) And he tells Sarah, in fact, when the angel came finally, Abram laughed. Remember, he laughs. And then his wife hears the story. She laughs. And he he comes and says, you laughed? He says, no, I didn't. He says, oh, you did. I laughed too. And that's why they named their son Laughter. It was just like, it's like God, God in a good way played a big joke on him. The laugh, well, let's name, name him laughter, Isaac. Right. You know, and then to say, hey, we're going to have sex. And she thinks, are we going to have pleasure? Look at how old I am. 
In the context of marriage, incidentally, it's supposed to be pleasurable. I won't get into that, but read some things in the scripture. All right. So, so they have these conversations and then they actually have to have sex. Didn't say how much, but they had to have sex in order for her to conceive because it was not an immaculate conception. All right. So at their elderly age, they still had to have that, that relationship and so forth for her to become pregnant. And the angel said, according to the time of life, I'm going to return. We think of the time of life as nine months. So all these things, you, you, all you see, their life, their entire life looks just ordinary. Everything about it is ordinary. And people say, there's the man of faith, there's the father of faith. And so I doubt it. It's rich, nice guy. And in the meantime, of course, they have this one child, one child for their lives, for their marriage. It doesn't look impressive. We sometimes, we love the bells and the whistles. and And Incidentally, the children of Israel had all that when they came out of Egypt. I mean, they had a cloud of fire. Yikes. Think of that. People say, did you see that derecho? You know? Now think about a cloud of fire every night. Or a cloud of, just a cloud during, during the day, you know, and you're led by the cloud and think, you see that? Wow. Remember, Moses went up on the mountaintop and he was gone for less than a month and they built they build a golden calf. Yeah. They couldn't even stand a month. They couldn't stand a month. They thought, well, we don't know what happened to Moses, so let's just build, let's just build a, a golden calf. And there's still the cloud of fire, the cloud, of, the cloud out there. And they're going to build a golden calf. Because they weren't anchored. They weren't settled. You know, there's something about the power of routine. You're settled in the Word of God. It doesn't want to come hell or high water. I'm not moving. I'm going to stand on the Bible. No matter what happens, I'm not deviating from this. The word is the word. It's like when a doctor called one day and said, said Dave, you got cancer. They're very blunt. They, you know, they don't miss around. How's your day going? Hope it's good. No, they're very blunt. Is this Dave Goffman? Da, 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 da. Their birthday's da, 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 da. You've got cancer. And it's not good. They're just very blunt. Well, it shouldn't. Folks, what news you get today is not news for, to God. God already knows tomorrow's headlines. <laughs> He's already been to your tomorrow. Amen. If we know that, then we can have stability in every situation. You know, sitting down, not a long call. We want to see as soon as possible. How's next Wednesday look? Da, da, da. Okay, thank you. Hang up the phone. I'm sitting there and say, thank you, Jesus. You're my healer. That never changes. So when you have, when you have, you're living in that relationship and there's a routine, there is stability. It's not, life isn't all wacko and you're bouncing off the wall, the pinball machine. For you younger folks, that's, a video, that's like a game. Anyway, you're bouncing off. No, it's, it's, it's stable. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can be stable. So, so you get anything. Anything's like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> that should never be our response. That should never be our response. Our response should always be, thank you, Jesus. You've got me. I've got you. Amen. I know my future. Right. Amen? Amen? So 1 John 5, 1 John 5, 14 and following. Says, this is the confidence that we have in him. Now we have confidence. Confidence in Jesus Christ that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now there's, there's a balance here. We, we're, first of all, we're asking. Amen? And then we have the word anything. 
And then the, the context is his will. So sometimes people say, well, you can't ask for a financial blessing. Uh, I sure can. Why? Because I know it's in the Bible. Amen. Well, you can't ask for healing or something. Well, of course I can because it's in the Bible. Blessing on your marriage. Of course I can. It's in the Bible. Blessing on my children. Of course I can. It's in the Bible. Amen. All these things, if, if you know the word of God, then you realize I can ask according to his will. Anything about that. Amen. Amen? I can ask anything about that. So, then we, we know that, no, notice now, the confidence, we're having confidence that what? He hears us. When does he hear us? When we pray. When we pray. Now, when I pray, most of the time, I don't see the answer immediately, right? So, but I'm praying, and I'm confident that he hears me when I pray, and then we know, if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know, say no, we have the petitions we've asked of him. So now we're walking by this place of faith. We, we're asking according to his will. We know that he hears us, and we know that we have the answers. So we start living with that expectation. I have the answers. Amen. Amen. I have the answers. I may not see it yet, but I have the answers. It's like, it's like when you get a bad report or something, you can lay the one report. Hezekiah did this, too, as we were reading. So he laid the one report that was out there, and then the other report is the word of God. But he lays it before the Lord. Now, what's going to trump any, any report, any bad report? The word of God will trump any bad report. Uh, trump it. Devil says, this is going to happen. I doubt it. See, you begin to doubt. You begin to doubt the voice of the devil rather than doubting the voice of God. And you do that if you maintain routines, just routine, just ordinary living. People say, have you seen anything spectacular lately? No, but Jesus is sure good. Sure, good day. Wow, the peace of God is wonderful. The joy of the Lord is my strength. There's something about that. See, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like awesome, but I tell you what, it's stability. And we've been to so many conferences. You see the conferences, they're bouncing off to every conference there is and stuff. And yet in the normal life, not a lot of victory. So there's stability in this routine. We're asking, we're believing that God will perform his word in our lives. Amen? And that's, that's where the rubber meets the road, by, by and large. It's your personal life. You're developing your faith muscles. So I may not see it, but hallelujah, I'm in the gym. Thank you, Lord. Your promises are sure. They never fail. The truth is, the truth is, even, again, you could leave this life, but it doesn't negate his promises. You're, people die in faith all the time, and that may happen long after you're here. God gets a hold of people. Now, look at Luke 1. Luke 1 verse... Well, remember when the angel came to, to uh, Mary. And the angel, of course, calls her highly favored. Now, incidentally, you're highly favored. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're highly favored. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice like, well, I wish I would be highly favored. He's never said that to me. Well, you are. Because you're in Christ. You're part of the family. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you're in the family. You become brothers, sisters, and so forth. Even Jesus would be referred to as a brother. So the angel then speaks to Mary, tells Mary what's going to happen. And the angel says, Blessed is she who is believed, for there shall be a fulfillment or performance of those things which are told her from the Lord. So when you believe, when you believe, there can be a performance, a fulfillment of the things said. But you have to believe. Amen. 
Now, I understand there's times God sovereignly moves and does some different things. But let me just say this. As believers, you know, he expects things. So sometimes you do something for your children way out of the blue. They didn't expect it. Boom, it's right. Oh, thank you. You know, but most of the time you have, you have expectations of your kids. <laughs> a few people do, but... Uh, it's a good habit. Have expectations of your kids. I mean, basic things. Pick up your room. You know, you take care of yourself. You I mean, you, you do different things. You have expectations. Brush your teeth at night. Right? I mean, just expectations. You want them to take care of themselves. The same thing for the Lord. He expects more from us. I think the older we get, the more he expects things. More expects things to happen or for us to do things. So, so there's natural things that we know happen, but God will stand behind his word for the supernatural. So there'll be a fulfillment of those things that were told her from the Lord. Now, I just want to say this. The Word of God tells us lots of things. So sometimes, again, we think, well, I wish I had an angel. If I had an angel appear to me, I'd believe that. But God is talking to us every day and telling us all kinds of stuff. Amen. He's telling us. The question is, is whether we're willing to listen. So the things were told her. All right. But the Word of God tells us all kinds of good stuff. So when I read it, and I think, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, these are like prophetic words. Prophetic words for who? For you. For me. Amen? I mean, I remember ministering at a larger church in another place one time, actually another country. But they were very prophetic. They loved personal prophecy and so forth. English-speaking place. But loved personal prophecy and so forth. And so I'm coming as a guest minister, and they said... Boy, I've got a word. I've got a word for everybody here. Oh, they're excited, you know. Two hundred hands. Oh, excited, you know. And I said, now I got a book full of them, and they're all downcast. Oh, uh, uh, guess he's not going to prophesy over me. Well, what does that imply? Well, you have to read. Say work. <laughs> gold is not found on the surface normally, right? So gold is something you you dig for. You mine it. And you go after it, right? And if you find a vein of gold, what do you do? Just keep going for it, you know, right? So the same thing with prophetic words. You go after the things of God. Amen? Amen. Something is happening today. Now, let's look at another example. It's prior to Mary and the visit with the angel Gabriel, but it's Luke chapter 1. And this is the couple, Zacharias and Elizabeth. Now, the Zachariah and Elizabeth were kind of like Abraham and Sarah. They were old, <laughs> And long since did they think about having a child. And so in this particular case, but I want you to notice something. They were righteous, all right? They walked in the word of the Lord and in the ordinances of God. They were blameless. Now, people lots of times, sadly, you know, you get religious people. They say, well, there's sin in your life. Prayers aren't answered. There's sin in your life. You got, you, got the, you got the sin police or the whatever, the witch hunters and stuff like that. You got this wrong. You got that wrong. They find what's wrong in everybody's life. Except their own, of course. And those are people, let me just say, you want to avoid them. Just avoid them. Why do I say that? Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And trust me, if you're in the Word of God, the Spirit of truth will talk to you about things in your life. And He'll say, change that, correct that, repent of that, whatever. Amen? That's, again, it's important to understand, you know, when our daughter was sick, we, the, worst, the worst people to meet was the Christians. Because they had all the answers and they had guilt and condemnation, all kinds of things. We didn't want to see a lot of people. Oh, there's some. The world had compassion. 
oh man, we heard about the situation. Wow, this is tough. And a lot of Christians just brought other stuff. Not the way it should be. For yourself, if you see somebody in need, you want to have compassion. Amen? Realize what's it like to be in their shoes right now? What are they going through? Offer them a word of encouragement. I'm standing with you. Maybe pray with them. You can pray with them in the grocery store. But don't give them all the answers. There is an answer, Jesus. There is an answer in the word of God. True. And you can point them that way. But don't act like you know so much and you got their life spot on. Folks, a lot of people spot on for me when I got cancer. They're not even alive anymore. They're dead themselves. So all their little answers for me sure didn't work for them. We must have our eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen? Fixing our eyes on him. This couple here, walking with the Lord, righteous in righteousness of that time, blameless, no children. Well, people have answers. You don't have any children. Well, there must be some sin in your life. I'll try to figure it out for you. Of course, you didn't ask. And you don't want them to figure it out. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe some of you have never had a problem like that. But let me just tell you, it's not good. Not good when people do that. They're walking with the Lord. They're blameless. Again, I just want to say, when you know people in situations, just be have a heart of compassion. Amen. If you got some money, give it to them. Bless them. They're in the hospital. Help them out if you can. If they need their lawn mowed, go mow their lawn. Just do something nice. Amen. All can do something nice. All right. So now they have no child. His wife Elizabeth is barren. And now they're well advanced in years. So similar to Abraham and Sarah, they're quite old. We don't know how old, but they're quite old. And obviously past the time, of normal time of childbearing status for them. But the angel of the Lord comes. I just like this. You know, the angel comes. God will come into our life about the time you think it's over and let you know it's not over. And let you know he's still there and he still knows where you're at. So many times, I can't tell you how many times in my life I've thought about quitting. Quitting in terms of giving up on a prayer, giving up on something in faith. And, and yet, then I'm with the Lord, and it's like, then he'll just nudge me and say, no, 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 I, I know where you're at. And he'll nudge me, oh, wow, thank you, Jesus. So I'll go to the next verse, Luke, verse one, Luke chapter 1, verse 13. So the angel says, don't be afraid, Zacharias, your prayer is heard. Now, this is very interesting. He's got a thing here. Your prayer is heard. Now, what was his prayer? His prayer was for a child. Amen? A lot of married couples, not all of them, but a lot of married couples would like a child. All right? And so, so uh, the angel comes to Zacharias. He's performing the functions of a priest. You know, he's, he's alone in the temple in the holy place and stuff like that. And the angel appears and says, your prayer is heard. And, of course, he says, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You should call his name John. And, of course, to Zacharias, God bless his heart. I mean, we'd all maybe be in a similar place like, ha, right. I mean, it's the same as like, like Abraham again. They laughed. They laughed when the angel comes and says, all right, this is the time. Time's up. You're going to have this child. Right. You know, I mean, like, like they think it's impossible, but it's not impossible. Nothing's ever impossible with the Lord. And so here comes this angel and says, your prayer is heard. Now, when was the last time he prayed that prayer? I don't know, but my guess, it might have been years before when he, when he stopped praying. So he prayed, the, him and Elizabeth, they prayed. You know how it is, a young couple, they're praying, they're believing. He's a priest now. Surely, boy, God's got to bless him. He's a priest, you know, and this and that. 
Incidentally, let me just say this. Someone one time said to me, they said, well, Pastor Dave, God has to heal you. You're a pastor. I said, that's not biblical. Why would you even think that? God wants to heal everybody because he loves them. It doesn't come down to your position, what you do, or anything like that. You could be, you could, doesn't matter who the person is. God wants to heal people. <laughs> Amen. He wants to heal people. So here they are, and, and Zachariah is just kind of like in, in unbelief, all right? And, and uh, not realizing that in the midst of thinking nothing's happening, something was happening, God was still working. God had a plan, and there was a plan for John to come at the right time. Same with Mary for Jesus, at the right time. All of these things connecting and so forth according to prophecy. But understand now, Zachariah had no idea that anything was happening. And you might look at your day and think, well, I'm driving to work again, you know, nothing's going on in my life, you know. Don't think that way. You want to think, thank you, Jesus. You're in my heart. You're good. And just praising him. Amen. Just keep praising him. Just keep believing. Amen. Now, you know the story with Zacharias in, in Luke 1, verse 20. Then it came, it says, he says, you will be mute. Now, the reason is, is because, of course, he didn't want his mouth to cancel everything. <laughs> All right. He had this wonderful word from God. He comes out, he comes out of the temple. He can't talk. And people are thinking, well, what's with him? And they perceive that he'd had a vision, which he had. And, and a visitation from the Lord. And he was not able to speak until the days that these things took place because he did not believe the words which will be fulfilled in their own time. I think it's important to understand. Words are fulfilled in their own time. I have a time plan. Not always God's, though. Isn't that right? We all have a time frame. Thank you, Jesus, for doing it. I'm going to have it tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. And maybe tomorrow comes and I don't have it. I don't see it. Well, they didn't nullify it. Just keep believing. Keep your faith current. Keep believing. Keep trusting. But his time is not always our time. Wish it was different, but it's not that way. So what does it mean? It means we're constantly in this place of trust. We're dependent upon the Lord. Someone says, well, you just use Christianity as your crutch. (laughs) I use it for everything. My crutch, you want to call it my crutch, my wheelchair, whatever. Yeah, I I need Jesus. I need Jesus for everything in my life. All right. So I don't want to live on my own. I want to live dependent on him. So so here they say the, the angel said, wait, wait, you're not you're not believing. You're not getting this, Zacharias. So I said, OK, just don't just don't say anymore. Because <laughs> Zacharias like, wait, just like Abraham, like my old, my wife is old. Have you seen her seen her lately? And this and that. No. OK, that's enough. Let's not talk anymore. Because what was he doing? He was insulting the angel that brought the word. Right. He was insulting. We don't want to insult God. We don't want to insult God's word. We don't want to say, not possible. That's insulting. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. You always think, you always want to embrace it. Lord, I, I've always used the one in the Bible when the guy said, when Jesus said, can you believe? And he said, I believe, help my unbelief. I've always used that one because sometimes it's hard for me to imagine the answer before I have the answer. And so I, I, a number of times we... Even with Angela, we just kept, we'd been with sickness so long, it was hard to know what wellness or wholeness was like, because we hadn't seen it. We hadn't been it for years and years and years. So it's like, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I just stand, I just keep believing. And you know, he's gracious. And I, I, I know, Dave, I know it's not easy. I know where you're at. I know your frame. So Zachariah, of course, had, had no uh, 
did not speak until John was born and customary to name the child after the dad. And they were going to name the child and so forth. Now, John and Elizabeth, of course, had been talking, the two of them. And they had a relationship to get pregnant. And so he'd been conveying things like, this is a special child, you know, and this and that. And God's going to use this child. What's going to happen? And so on and so forth. She gets pregnant. She's in on the, on the whole thing. And they say, well, we'll name him Zacharias. He said, she said, no. And then and she says his name is John. And then his lips are loosed. And he begins to magnify the Lord and give praise to God. And everybody's going like, whoa, what kind of child is this with all this happening? Amen. Amen. So we can have hurts and wounds and discouragement. But let me just say, God is still working. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is still working. You can have disappointments. I've been so disappointed and so many times, but God is still working. He still knows where you're at. Here's one with Nathaniel, Luke, John chapter one. Here's one with Nathaniel. Jesus comes. He sees Nathaniel. He sees Nathaniel and he says, behold, an Israel in whom whom there is no deceit or no guile. He had character. He was an honest man. He had character. And and Jesus, Jesus or Nathaniel said, how do you know me? And Jesus said, hey, before Philip called you, you were under a fig tree and I saw you now. Nathaniel's amazed at this. And Jesus said, hey, there's bigger things coming. Don't just be amazed at this. But he's amazed at this. But the fact was, God was watching him. God is watching Nathaniel, even when he was young, even to this point in time in his life. And God is watching us. He's not indifferent toward us. He's not, he's not uh, distracted. He's, he's paying attention. Remember when Elijah was on Mount Carmel and he began to taunt the prophets of Baal and says, well, maybe he's on a trip. Maybe he's on a trip. Maybe he's on a vacation. Maybe he's doing something else. And of course, God is not on a vacation. He's not distracted. He sees you and I exactly where we are at this morning. And that goes for anybody watching here right now. Anywhere in the world. God is already at where you're at right now. He's with you. He cares for you. Even if you don't know him, I just want to say he cares for you and loves you. Even if you don't know Jesus, but he still cares for you and loves you. There's nothing you can do to change that. God loves you. And Jesus died for your sins. And all he wants is for you. It's like a life prayer. All he wants for you is to turn to him and say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me and cleanse me. And he'll do that right where you're at. You can talk right with the phone. (laughs) You know, he's with you. He's with each of us. He's not distracted. He's he's paying attention. And Nathaniel's amazed at this, like, wow. You know, and Jesus said, there's bigger things to come, Nathaniel. You come follow me. There's bigger things, bigger things to come. God is not missing anything that's going on in our lives. Not missing a thing. He's still working. There's things I've prayed for since, since the first few years that I got saved. Or Jeannie and I getting married and so forth. Things we prayed for. Haven't seen the answer yet. But we're still believing. Still trusting God. Still keeping our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because it's his word. Amen. It's his word. It's his word to save people. People have choices, of course, but still he's not given up on people. Therefore, we should not give up on people. Amen. Sometimes you think, oh, that person, they they turn me down and they do this. Oh, there's no hope for them. No, there is hope for them. That's the good news. (laughs) Don't get offended. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't get offended by other people. Don't get offended by other people. He's still working. He's still doing things by his spirit. Now, let me just, let me, I think I got time for another one. So, 2 Kings chapter 6. Here's Elisha and a servant. Now, you know the story. 
the king of Assyria. Uh, uh, Elisha's telling everything about the king of Assyria. And he warns the king of Israel and says, hey, the army's coming over here, so don't go over there. The army's coming over here, so go over here. And, and finally, the king of Assyria says, we must have a spy in our midst. This is before the days of all the electronic technology. We must have a spy in our midst that's telling us all these things. Hey, let me quick, let me, I just thought of this testimony when we were in India. So we were in South India, and we come up to, come up to this guy, and, and we meet his mom, and she's just glowing. She's a prayer warrior, just praising the Spirit all the time and so forth like that. And, and then they're talking about the things God's doing, just tremendous things. And then he said, oh, yeah, he says, God is so good in prayer. He says, so the police knew, or the people, they had a neighbor, and the people knew that his mom, a Christian, was a prayer, and their daughter is kidnapped, which usually means she's either going to be sold as a sex slave, murdered, or something like that. So this young girl is kidnapped, and they're, they're Hindus, and they're distraught about it, and they, they tell uh, this, uh, this guy's mom. And they said, can you do anything? And she says, I can pray. Now, the police, the police kind of indifferent as far as following up on these things. But she goes to prayer. True story. She goes to prayer. And as she's praying, the Lord shows her the neighborhood. And then as she's praying, the Lord shows her the house, the very house and the address. And, and as she's praying, and she takes these things, and she writes these things down, and she says... She, they have a meeting with the police, and she, they, she said, check this house out for this girl and her name. And, of course, the girl's parents are like, what? And they check the house, and they find the girl, and they save her. And the, the Hindus, they're all turned to Jesus. They thought, this is not possible. This is not possible. Oh, but it is possible. <laughs> it is possible. See, we sometimes think, oh, those things don't happen. Well, if you read your Bible, you realize those things do happen. Maybe they haven't happened to you or me yet. But just because something hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it doesn't happen. God is doing supernatural things all the time. All the time. You, you know he's still multiplying food? <laughs> you know he's still taking care of people and feeding them supernaturally in camps and different situations? You know he's still, he's still uh, uh, the God who delivers us. And so, so this, this case, you know, here's, here's uh, uh, the king of Assyria, and, uh, and they're surrounding the house, you know, with Elisha, where Elisha's at, because they realize, hey, it's Elisha giving him that word, telling him what you're doing. So let's go get him. Let's go to the source and get him. We get him, we got him. We got the king of Israel. We got Israel. We got the battle won. So, so it comes down, of course. The servant gets up in the morning, and he sees, it says, Elisha, the prophet who's in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that speak in your bedroom. I like that. God knows things. Knows things about everybody. That's what a word of knowledge is. A word of knowledge is something about somebody or something else that only God knows. And you share it, or it's a spiritual gift. You share it with somebody else. Not to condemn, but to help them. To help them in their life. Amen? To show them things. Even like Jesus talking to Nathaniel. Hey, we saw you while you were still sitting in the tree. How can that be? Supernatural. So, so words that's, and now we have to understand we're New Testament. Say hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have the Holy Spirit. So think of this. If God knows everything and we have spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit has knowledge of everything about everybody. Everything about everybody. I was talking to a guy the other day. He was a roofer. And he had a cross on the side of his truck. And he, and he pulled up. 
And I said, uh, how's your life going? And he kind of looked down. He said, well, I'm going through a divorce right now. Now, this is a guy that goes, didn't know it at the time, going to a spirit-filled church, or he was. And now he's going through the situation, not going anywhere. And so just by a question, his whole life opened up in front of me, and I just encouraged him, go back to church. <laughs> go back to Jesus. Go back to the Bible. You know what I mean? He's sitting there, got a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. So we encourage people, right? That's the, like in everyday living, we encourage them in their lives. So, so Elisha speaking things, telling the king of Israel the words that the king of Syria is talking even in his bedroom. Hey, we're going to do this now. And the king of Syria thought there was a spy. And there was a supernatural spy, of course, the Holy Ghost. He says, and so Elijah, Elisha said, do not fear, for those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And so what, what Elisha's servant saw is all the army outside surrounding them. Now, a natu- natu- natural army, a report, a bad report that looks devastating, that looks deadly, that looks like there's no hope. There's a natural army surrounding them, and his servant's like, we're done. We're toast. This, this is not good. And he's very worked up. And Elisha has the composure because of a relationship with the Lord, with God. Elisha has composure and says, Don't, hey, why, why are you afraid? He's, now, this can be intimidating, right? But he's not intimidated. He says, those who are with us are more, more than those who are with them. Now, notice, those who are with us. Who is with you? God's with you. If God is for you, who can be against you? Now, we can quote that verse, but listen, it comes into play when you get something really negative. Then it comes into play. You might say, well, it's hopeless. You don't understand. It's hopeless. Is there no hope? No, there's always hope. We have to understand that. Nothing is outside of his reach that he can't do. So, so he's the supernatural realm. He's saying, open his eyes to the supernatural realm that God is on your side. And so Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes that you may see. And Lord, open the eyes of the young man. And he saw him. Behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots and a fire all around Elisha. See, we forget, we forget that the angel of the Lord encamps around about us. We feel very natural, like, Oh, boy, I'm kind of stiff this morning. You still have an angel with you. (laughs) You know, you're doing things and so forth. You still have an angel with you. You still have somebody on your side. Amen? You still do. It doesn't come down to our feelings. Romans 8, verse 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? In other words, if God is on your side, you're in a majority. You're on the winning side. Even if I leave this life, I'm on the winning side. <laughs> Amen. I'm a winner, 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 winner. Anyway, cut the pie. You're a winner. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a winner. You just are. <laughs> All right. So, so then John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you. Well, who's in me? Jesus Christ is in me. And then Ephesians 1 and verse 18, the eyes of our understanding should be enlightened. Now, they're going to be enlightened in the word. So you can pray that over some, somebody, Lord. We pray the eyes, their understanding, be enlightened, and then you say, and get in the Bible, by the way. (laughs) Because my understanding is going to be limited unless I'm in the Word of God that's unlimited. Otherwise, my understanding, my ability to have faith and so forth is very limited on its own. But in Jesus, we serve the supernatural. We can walk in the supernatural. Amen? 
So we believe for miracles. Now just today, let me just say today. God knows everything about your life. He knows your thoughts. He knows what it was like this morning when you got up. He knows what happened last night. He already knows what's going on this afternoon. He's already been to my tomorrow. He's for you. He's on your side. He wants you well. He wants you whole. We're going to have a healing service in two weeks, but I wouldn't wait for two weeks if you're not feeling good. <laughs> right? No, I want to believe all the time, every day. Every day. If I got a pain, I want to believe that that pain's leaving because there's no pain in heaven. So I don't want any pain on earth. Right? So we, we follow the Word of God and we keep standing and believing in faith. God will honor His Word in your life and my life when we believe Him. But He is not... The Bible says... Uh, through, uh, it's, it's, well, faith and patience, we inherit the promises. But, but without faith, it's impossible to please Him. It's not improbable. It's not unlikely. It's impossible. So I apply my faith to today's circumstances. Now, I'm not to tomorrow, and I'm not to next month. And for Abraham, at one point, he was 80. Happy birthday to you. And he's 80, but he's still applying his faith. And he's still doing Romans chapter 4. And he's, he's, he's believing against hope and all the things like that. And happy birthday, and Sarah's getting older to you. And all these things. Happy birthday, 87. Happy birthday. I don't see any answers, but to you. Thank you. Cake's good. God bless you. Happy birthday. You know, year is just plugging. And in the natural, it looked like absolutely nothing was happening. Nothing. And for Abram to go out and say, I'm the father of many nations. And you need a pill. You need something to help you with your mind here. But he believed in faith. And so the scripture, the scripture then helps us to be strong in faith. And he wants... It doesn't come down to, well, I'm not that good of a person. It doesn't come down to any of that. Thank God for the New Testament. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God we don't have to be perfect. We just need to believe. Our righteousness is in Him. Amen. Of course, repent of sins. Of course, we do that. But, but yet, our righteousness in Him, we just trust. Amen. So let, let's just lift your hands again a second. Like the plug-in. You're plugging in the power. Let's lift our hands a second. And uh, uh, keep your hands up, but turn to your neighbor and say, you need some power here, you know. So you put a demand on the power. You put a demand on, on, on the Lord. And he's got plenty, let me tell you. He's got plenty around the world for anybody. He never lacks. There is no lack in Jesus Christ. There is no lack in God. He's a God of more than enough. And Lord, whatever needs, even right here in this place or online, whatever needs represented right now, we thank you, you our answer. Our eyes are on you, Jesus. And we plug into your word, your promises. We receive. We receive, Lord God. We receive divine health. We receive divine provision. We receive your divine blessing, Lord, on families and marriages and children and grandchildren. We receive these promises. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. It is steadfast. And Lord, that which maybe we haven't seen yet, we thank you. You're working today. Hallelujah. Thank you today, Lord, for the answers. <laughs> thank you for the open doors. Thank you for doing more than enough. Thank you for your blessing, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, the miraculous, the power. Lord, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord, for these things today. We reaffirm our faith is in you, Lord. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Power in the shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Jesus. (laughs) Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Lord God. You can share it with anybody. Hit share. Share with somebody. Encourage their faith. Do you have something here? Hallelujah. Let me get this mic over here a second. God, I'm more than enough. Not just enough. But more than enough. You know, the children of Israel had to water water the land with their foot. Thank you know, so you, manual, and yet he causes rivers to flow. Rivers, rivers. And the rivers would flow without Thank the you, movement Lord. of the foot and all the Thank you, work Lord. and the effort Thank and so you, forth. Lord. Praise God. Oh, I just want to say, let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's all stand up together. Thank, Thank you, you Jesus. Lord. You know, uh, I wanted to acknowledge again you, uh, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Amen. That has Thank been you, spoken. Jesus. That has been Always released. There. Yes. And there's been many yes. miracles in the last few months in yes. our midst. Yes. And we just want to, you know, the Bible says that the people, the saints got together and they rehearsed what the Lord had done. Amen. So we're rehearsing today what the Lord has done. We yes. look around the congregation yes. and we yes. see there's been miracle after miracle. Just like that scripture that you read that God sees, you have not been overlooked. That's right. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So your miracle is in your mouth, yeah. and yeah. we continue to say what God says, yeah. agree with God, and like this praise exercise at the end, just yeah. praise and worship Amen. Him. Agree with God and um, keep what, out. That's what Abraham did. Amen. Give and glory to God. Cast, cast not away your confidence. Amen. Yeah. For it has a great reward. That's right. Amen. That's right. And, um, and keep out doubt. Yep. Once you, if you get a doubt thought coming in, just get rid of it quickly. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Faith will come to sight. Your yeah. your prayers are being answered today. Yeah. Your God is moving in His glory. He's touching lives. He's touching yeah. us here. I believe He's healing our bodies. Go yes. ahead, honey. I was Go just going to say, someone really discouraged. That's you. Raise your hand a second. Someone really mm-hmm. discouraged. Really mm-hmm. discouraged. Mm-hmm. There. Someone really discouraged mm-hmm. somebody else? Mm-hmm. Okay. See. People God with pain sees. in their body. Who's God got pain sees. in your body? Raise your mm-hmm. hand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pain in your body. Just leave your hands up, all right? Mm-hmm. All right. Someone, mm-hmm. stomach. Your stomach is giving you trouble. Who's mm-hmm. that? Raise your hand. Okay. Stomach trouble. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and also I'm thinking of yeah, pain in a leg, one leg. Okay. Right. You know, so let's let's do this here. Well, we just we're all family, right? Amen. And, and you know, there's something about just uh, receiving prayer and believing together and holding one another's arms up, speaking healing and so forth, and speaking encouragement in the back. Uh, so those of you that I just mentioned these things, I want you to keep your hand up. Others, uh, others, believers are going to move around a second to where they're at. All right. 
So find where someone's up, yes. their hands are up, they need prayer, they need healing. Yes. Uh, uh, right now, pain pain is not in heaven, so we're believing no pain now. Others that need prayer. We it today. Felix, is your hand the up Lord. there? Felix, your hand the up. The power of the Lord is right, present right. to heal. Dave's got his hand up. Stomach Thank you, Lord, things for your greatness. There, right? and Thank so, you for uh, your others, glory. The glory God, of the Lord. Uh, you know, others, uh, Bruce, hands up. Thank you, Jesus. So move around. There's still some hands up. Thank Ailey, you, come Jesus. on over here. There's a guy with the hands up over here. Thank you, Lord. Come on down your row. Uh, others, others, just Thank find you, them. Lord. Find them. Now you're just praying. You're just speaking faith, amen. You're speaking faith. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. Willie, yeah, Willie, in your glory, Lord. Yeah, come over right to the right, Bruce, right there. In your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. So you're just speaking life, Lord. You know, God's already provided. So you're speaking life. We speak healing. We command pain to leave. We're not asking it to leave. We command pain to leave in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we're speaking life into their bodies, life into their internal organs, life into their limbs in Jesus' name, life encouragement, encouragement in people's lives in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive... We receive what you've already thank done you, Jesus. in Jesus' name. We receive it. We put our faith you on it. We say, for thank you, Jesus. We Hallelujah. What you've done for us, Lord. No more pain. No more discomfort. We don't have to work for it. We don't good, have to strive. Good digestion. Good thank internal you, organs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. My organs are blessed. Hallelujah. My our, limbs our are blessed. My are back blessed. is our blessed. Families are blessed. Families are blessed. Our loved ones are blessed. Marriages are blessed. Our finances are blessed. Finances are blessed. Hallelujah. More than enough. Over our More lives. than enough in Jesus' name. The favor name. of God makes all the difference. Favor the power of God. The favor of the Lord is on your life. Oh, we thank you, Father. Your children are stamped with you, favor. Lord. This blessing we goes to you, a thousand and generations and more. We thank you, Lord. To our Lord. children, our children's children. Children's thank you, children. Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the word that you're working right now. You can now. keep praying there, but I just you're want to say the Lord is going to bless you. The Lord's going to keep you steadfast in his hands. The Lord's face is on you. His eyes are open to everything he sees. The Lord is giving you supernatural peace Peace. from the Prince of Peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Everyone said amen. 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 Let's thank God. Linger linger longer if you want to linger longer. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Tonight, Peter, sharing tonight. Come on out. We just encourage you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.